Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. to Wild Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Welcome to the inaugural podcast episode of Wild Black. I'm one of your hosts, Vince, and in art <laughs> already. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so we'll start this first podcast episode by just telling you just a, a real little bit about ourselves. So, me and Art have been been connected, been friends, man, for through like what seven eight years now it's been a minute now it's been a minute it's, it's been, been a minute. minute on the golf course yeah i was just gonna ask like was yeah, it, did, was it at work course. or the golf course golf course and then work and then they combined and it was both golf course and work for events yeah no yeah. doubt yep so we, we we both golfed and worked together in um little town big businessville <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of you know kind of kicked off a relationship way back then I used to wear his ass out on the golf course. Yeah, see, he 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 thought he did. He still said the same thing today. That, that ain't how it play out, though. <laughs> and and our experience really is just we've been black a whole lot. So we got a whole lot to say about what's happening in black culture right now, what's happening in this country. And so while black is really just it's our perspective on what it means to be black in this country today, what we're going to touch on topics from Racial inequality, social justice, all the way to education, relationships, and even off into porn and some other avenues that might not seem just as normal. But uh, it's just going to be our attempt at, at helping you to understand better what's going on around us, keep you educated, keep you informed, make you laugh a little bit, and just have a good time. Any yeah. thoughts over there, bro? Yeah, and and, and hopefully, <clears throat> you know, it's a it's a cool. Um, a cool vibe, a cool, cool kind of laid back vibe where you can understand kind of where two brothers are coming from and, and their thought processes as it relates to some of those topics. Um, if we think about, you know, why we're doing it or who we're doing it for, uh, I would say the who is anybody who from the pro black person with the with the raised fist at every every chance they get. Uh, to the folks who are non-black or non-people of color who Those just are curious and and yeah, curious and 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 they want to know what that thought process looks like or or how we really feel or how what we're really thinking about. So we we hope we're hoping that it's going to be a really good experience and and 
that everybody can kind of vibe out to it and, and release some some stress and pressure and, and laugh and joke a little bit too with it. No doubt. Our goal is really just to make us better as a people, keep us informed, keep us sharper, and at times keep us alive. I think what we'll do now is just kind of break down what to expect on Wild Black and keep it keep it keep in mind it's going to change a little bit. This is the first episode, so we may not stay strictly to this particular format, but we're going to try to. So in every episode, we'll have a written composition, written work, literary piece that provides some type of inspiration. And it's a thematic you'll feel throughout the whole episode. That could be anything from Langston Hughes, Malcolm Gladwell, Tupac, maybe even Cardi B. Like, who knows? It could be a little bit of anything. Biggie, Jay-Z, Nas. Right, right. Two chains. Uh, outside of that, we, w- we want to bring you a section called Civil Rights and Civil Wrongs. And that's just a pretty much a current piece on what's happening right now. I mean, that could be something along the lines of what's going on right now with Starbucks and Waffle House. It could be something that a major corporation is doing that we think is awesome and will support black people in their progression. It could be really anything. We always want to bring you a piece on what's happening in the streets. I don't really know the name of it right now. Tentatively, it's called Word on the Street. Sounds a little corny to me, so that might change. <laughs> but the goal there is just to bring you a snippet of what people are thinking on the streets, everyday white, black, other, on the topics that we're talking about. So it might be, what do you think about another podcast that's speaking directly to black people? It might be, what do you think about the NFL protest? Could be a little bit of anything. And the biggest section where we'll spend most of our time and actually go deep will be some type expert interview. And... That will literally be any topic that we touch on. We'll bring somebody to the table who has some real experience, real credibility, because us, we're smart guys. We've been black our whole lives, but we can't help you go from A to Z in every topic. Outside of that, we want to talk to you about some amazing fucking black people. That's just going to be a small segment at the end of every show where we highlight somebody doing amazing things in our community, business, social justice, professional, whatever the case may be. All right, you got any thoughts on that, man? Hey, that's going to be a dope-ass uh, set of content. Cool, cool. All right, well, let's jump in. We're going to start today with um, with our literary piece. All right, you want to read it to him and let me know what it is? I shall, I shall. So um, right now, we we kind of wanted to open up with a, with a Langston Hughes poem uh, that is really reflective of, of today. <clears throat> Uh, and I'll start out with it. I too sing America. I am the darker brother. They send me to eat in the kitchen when company comes, but I laugh and eat well and grow strong. Tomorrow, I'll be at the table when company comes. Nobody will dare say to me, eat in the kitchen then. Besides, they'll see how beautiful I am and be ashamed. I too am America. So, man, how do you think that relates to what's happening today? Man, that's deep. So when you think about the, the, the poem and what he's trying to reflect is, you know, you may try to relegate me to, to, the, to, the, to leave when company comes over, but I'm stronger. I'm growing. I'm learning. I'm understanding. And at some point, I'm going to be at the forefront. I'm going to be at the table. I'm going to be at the head of the table. And then I have an obligation when I'm there to ensure that you feel ashamed for putting me in a position that would make me feel the way I felt when you first had company over. Because humanity, man, is it's an important man piece of society is 
just being human and then just just you know, reflecting on what it means to just be a human being, no matter if you black, white, uh, Latino, Asian, Indian, whatever that ethnicity is, it's, it's, it's a reflection of the world and reflection of, of, I think, what we live in and what we go through every day. And when I, when I hear it, it makes me think that we really haven't come all that damn far. <laughs> I know we, we, we've gone through so much as a people, you know, there was a, Every, the, the civil rights era in, in general is what's happening now. But like, it just makes me feel like, like, damn, we are still fighting for some of the same, some of the same things, like a seat, literally a seat at the table. Yeah. But the flip side is like, it, it, it does give me some, it does give me some hope that we've been doing this so long. People have been thinking about these topics for so long that should, maybe there is a way to figure our way out and, and get there. But the plan here is like you you should hear this theme come back throughout the episode. And and keep in mind today's episode is the first one. It's gonna be a little bit shorter. It's just gonna be art and night of day, no guests. We just wanna kind of break down what Wild Black is about. And that's just a good introduction, right? We think this this particular poem just speaks to where we are as a country, not only yesterday, but today. And God knows, hopefully not tomorrow. But I really do think that's that's really up to us. Like, how hard are we going to push and how much are we going to fight for change? Yep. So I think normally we'd spend more time on it. But today I kind of want to jump into a few other areas. Uh, we're not going to go as deep into the civil rights and the civil wrongs. But I do want to talk about one civil right. Um, and to me, that's that's this podcast. It's, it's the Wild Black Podcast. So I think it's only yeah. fair to let the people listening understand why are we doing this? So, so bro... What are your reasons for wanting to do this podcast? You, you man, it, so <laughs> I think when when we first started, when I remember driving into the office and you called me up and you said, hey, I got this idea. And the idea was, let's talk about um, what we've been thinking about anyway. And the conversation turned into a 30-minute conversation True. about the content that we would actually have in the podcast. So, so that gets me excited. So... One of the things I was, you know, reflecting on as I was driving in to the office was, you know, we go through so much as black people and it's a lot of pressure on black men to absorb what's happening to us in society. Right. And that pressure needs to be relieved so that we can be smarter and make better decisions when things do happen to us. So it becomes educational. It becomes a pressure relief. um, At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. 
At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It, it enables us to, to think about what's going on in a better light and then do things differently so we get different outcomes. So for me, it's, it's that release. Um, and then it's also educational for, for our listeners. Uh, and hopefully it will inspire us to be smarter and make better decisions as a people collectively. Right. That's my thought. What about you, bro? You know, mine is I'm angry. <laughs> it's like, it's like, That's what? fair. Well, I'm not, like, That's fair. I think if you remember, like I wanted to call this podcast Angry Podcast and Presents It First. You, you did, remember that? You did, yes. Like, you, you pulled me back I off that like, a little Ooh. bit. <laughs> That's hot out the gate right there. <laughs> yeah, but man, I'm, I'm angry about things, man. I, I yeah. sit back. Like, the reason I'm angry is because I think about I think about it like this. Growing up, man, we were always told, study hard. You know, you got to work circles around your 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 white coworkers. You got to be smarter. You got to be more aggressive. You got to be open. You got to keep pushing. And I feel like, man, I've done all that. And I look around and I see brothers and sisters around me everywhere who, who've done that. And we still still are seen as like second class citizens and yeah. like straight up that that pisses me off so the reason I came to the podcast route is because I'm I'm active in social media and pretty much 95% of what I talk about in all my social media platforms is what's happening to us every day I'm talking about articles I'm I'm pushing my my perspective I'm that dude who gets into Facebook and Twitter battles with yep. anybody for any reason. Now, that, I listen, but like that's that's me. Yeah, you the dude, you the you the you the one with the fist up. Absolutely. I was talking about if earlier, I wasn't right? balding on top, I might have a fro right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, black power, power to the people, Shit, power all to day. the people. Oh, I mean, I, I want us to like I, I'm damn near Spike Lee. I, I want my 40 acres in the mule. Like I really, I really feel like we got to do something different. So yeah. for me, I'm, I was talking on Facebook about this stuff all the time, and I got a lot of people to respond. I started getting people that I didn't know following me. I developed a little bit of a following, and, and with that came exposure that I wasn't quite ready for. Right? Facebook for me was still open. I had family stuff on there, and I can remember I was at work in Little Town Big Businessville. And I came to my car and there was a note on my car in the job parking lot that said, niggas talk too much. What? Yeah. And I said, okay. It didn't scare me, but it did make me like take a step back and say, okay, there's some cats out here who, who are bothered by what I'm saying. So yeah. <clears throat> I made a little bit of a change. I, I made my account much more private. I pulled back on my, my family aspect of things. Because what I wasn't willing to do was stop talking about what's happened here. I do feel like it's way, way too important. Yeah. So basically, it turned into the situation where I have a voice that I want to put out there. I've got opinions. And so, some of my shit is, like, raw. Some of it is revolutionary. But at the same time, I'm, I'm a compassionate brother. I listen. And I'm a, I, I a radical, from, compassionate brother. Right, exactly. I, you, okay. <laughs> I listen. I like that. I'm radically compassionate. Yeah. Shit, if I had a tattoo, that might be it. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I decided I, I needed a better platform to reach more people to talk about these issues. And I've, I've been through enough from an experience standpoint to know that I'm a smart guy, but I don't have all the answers, right? So mm-hmm. I was like, let's come up with a platform that allows me to share my views in a manner that doesn't necessarily impact my family as directly, but also allows me to bring highly trained, credible people to the table to deliver real advice. Let's clear up some of the misconception and misinformation that's out there on social media. Let's pick some topics. Let's help some folks who look just like us figure out how to go from A to Z. Little things like when you get stopped by the police, what's the best thing you can do to increase your likelihood to escape that situation? Of survival. Right. Unarrested Mm -hmm. and undead. Alive. Right. How do we do that? How do we better understand what's happening to us by this overexposure to the violence against people that look like us from people who are paid to protect us, right? How, how do we manage the fact that people that we work with or live next to are literally calling us niggas in grocery stores now, right? That's got to have an effect on us. So yeah. this, whole, this whole podcast, the whole platform is just about finding those issues, talking about them, shedding light, sharing information, and really like finding a humorous piece to where there's humor to be had. Right. So I know yeah. that was a long-winded explanation, but no, that, like, good, that is bro. why I did Wild Black. B- basically, I did Wild Black so that, God willing, when my son and my daughter, who are 9 and 12 today, are young adults and mature adults, I'm praying to God they're not still dealing with the same issue that we're dealing with today and that Langston Hughes was obviously dealing with back in the day. Hopefully, they don't, they're not asked to go to the kitchen when company comes. Yes, sir. I like that. Yeah. That, that in itself generates so many topics of discussion right? right the the note on the car oh man that that i would be angry too yeah, only, would, only a few people know about that and you know what it's 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 crazy because if that happened and you didn't know who it was right and it's like everybody is is a potential threat right you know what, what, what it told me was like this is at my job yeah like with yep. hundreds thousands of people who work where i worked this is someone who probably sees me, who walks in the... I was probably in a meet with this dude or this chick that three day. days ago. Yep, yep. And and it's funny because that's a whole nother podcast, right, that we, right. we can actually, that we we should commit to, to, to doing is how it's different in corporate and work environments versus you being able to be yourself. Right. Right. Our people that are, are not a color, I, I can guarantee you most of them don't have to... to to play that dual role of the the, right. the the couple of faces that we put on when we when we go into battle in the corporate environment or in business, exactly. Right, and and that there's some unfairness to us even having that whole mentality and thought process. Yeah, we got to deal with that. Yes. Why we deal with the normal shit? Yes, you made me think. My favorite poem, and I'm sure this will be the literary focus or whatever we end up calling this at some point is Paul Lawrence Dunbar's We Wear the Mask. I have it on my desk at every job I go to. And all it talks about what you just said, the fact that we have to put on this mask just to get through the day. Just to get through the it's day. all the damn time. Just to survive. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. How many masks do we have is the question. Man. It's not even the fact that <laughs> we have men, one. Black men, we got a lot. And don't even know we got a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, black women, by the way, um, we haven't forgot about you. We just... No, we can't credibly speak for you. So someplace down the line, we've already planned we're going to have a couple episodes that just focus on what you deal with, right? The thought there is 
every day on the media, you see another black man who is being abused. You see a mm-hmm. few black women, but that's just the media spin. It's happening to you all too. We want to, we want to talk to you. We want to help you. We want to hear more about that and learn more about that. So that's coming too. Yeah. So another civil wrong that I want to talk about. And, and this one was like really, really unscripted to death. Like I just read about this today and I just thought it was dope. It's um not 100% tied to race, but just because of the nature of what it is, it's going to impact black folks, Hispanic folks, people of color and, and white people as well. But I saw an article today. Did you hear about this? Wal- Walmart has released their a new college tuition program. Did you yes, hear about this? Yeah, I heard about this this morning on the news. That is dope, man. That is that is an amazing that is that is dope nugget of freedom because it comes through education. Yeah, that they're that they're trying to support, which I think is kudos to Walmart for that move. Right. So I'll tell you a little bit about it. Right. We're putting it here for a couple reasons. One, because Walmart employs a whole lot of people of color. Um, and they catch a lot of heat, a lot of scrutiny in the media for labor practices, for the way they pay their employees. And I know, th- I know the company's pushing to make some changes. And in all honesty, they probably catch some flack that's really unfair because of their brand. But this is something I thought was dope. So I'm going to read a little bit to you. This is from um, the Wall Street Journal. The retailer is partnering with three universities to offer associates and bachelor's degrees to their 1.4 million part-time, full-time, and salaried Walmart and Sam's Club employees. This is a pitch to improve and employ retention and engagement at work. Basically, what they're doing is they're letting any Walmart employee at any level of employment, part-time, full-time, salaried, who's been at Walmart for at least 90 days, attend one of these three colleges with night, weekend, Saturday online courses for $1 a day. That's fucking crazy. That's nuts. Like they are, they're literally covering the cost of tuition, books, books everything fees. outside of your contribution of $1 a day. The colleges they're partnering with is University of Florida in Gainesville, Brandman University in California, and Bellevue University in Nebraska. Now, truth be told, I don't really know much about the the schools they chose. The article had a lot of good things to say about them in general. But at the end of the day, if you are a person who is struggling to make ends meet, if you're working at Walmart and you you don't necessarily make the money that you want to make to to feed your family, if you want to go get additional education, even if you're working at home office in Bentonville and you want to better yourself, like I've I've been in corporate America since. 1999, and I've never seen a program like you can go to school for $365 a year, full time if you want to. They're scheduling people to, to graduate in five years, so a little bit less than full time, but damn, still a dollar? That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Crazy, amazing, because education is the key to get us and keep anyone, people of color, people of, of, <laughs> of different races and colors and creeds, all that's the level up is through education. Yeah, absolutely. So Walmart making that investment, that's 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 great. Did they mention what degree programs like uh, business, supply chain? They did. How I did forgot. they play? play? <laughs> I know. I know business is in there. Mm-hmm. I know business is in there. I meant. I, I heard supply chain this morning. Right. And, well, it makes sense coming from Walmart. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which is a great field. Right. I mean, being able to deliver and get stuff to folks is is the the future. That's the so key. Wa- Walmart smart. They know catch a whole lot of 
positive press from this. Yeah. They're going to help their employees. But at the end of the day, they're helping their employees to better themselves in areas that can then better the company. Correct. That's a symbiotic relationship. It works. Great move. So if I could have gone to school for a dollar a day, I might be a different cat today. All right. So that was our civil right and civil wrong section for today. Um, we didn't go into any civil wrongs. And, and really, it's just because we just want to focus on today, at least, why we're doing this and what's good. So. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What I want to talk about now, and, and, and Art, this is actually your topic, right? You, you mm-hmm. wanted to talk about what it means to be a black man in America today. And I, I just thought, I thought it was a great angle to come from for the first segment. Like, it, if we're going to have a podcast featuring two black men talking about being black in this country, why not start with, like, what it is, in our opinion, to be black in this country? Yeah, yeah. So, so what I'm going to do is... Because I do want there to be more voices than ours. I found an article that was on NPR. Now, truth be told, this article is about two years old. But the reality is, it was tough being a black man two years ago. And it's tough today. <laughs> right, it's tough <laughs> it right goddamn now. It ain't now. changed that damn much, right? And what's crazy is they, they have some quotes from some brothers that I'll read through a few that, that really spoke to me. And as you hear them, it, it literally sounds like they could have said this yesterday. That shows you how much things change while they stay exactly the fucking same. I'm going to start with a, a couple of these quotes from a couple of just everyday brothers that, that NPR found and interviewed. And then, and then you and I can have a little conversation about what we think it is to be black yeah. in America. So Robert Wyatt, this is from him. He says, being black in America, it means a struggle and strife, finding work, finding housing, and trying to make it in a very racist country. Sean West, we're smart. We're educated. You know, we have hopes and dreams. We have goals. We're family-oriented. Like, I'm listening to Sean with a very similar message as the brother I just saw the other day out of, I think he's out of Nashville, who had the video. He's backlit, and he's basically just making his plea to America, like, before you call the cops on me, know that I'm a father. Know that... I know all the words to NWA's Straight Outta Compton album, but I also know all the words to Oklahoma. Did you see that video? No, I ain't seen that one. I'm going to have to finally get it to you. Yeah. By the way, a lot of this stuff is going to be on our social media sites as soon as we actually get them up. So by the time you hear this podcast, they should be up and running. So all the stuff that we're talking about, hit our social media sites. We'll share those names a little bit later because we ain't all the way finalized on them yet. But all this information will be there. Anthony Cherry. What a black man means to me is just basically this. Wherever I go, I'm both revered and feared. And this is the stuff of kings. And I'm going to be a king. So you've already heard the spectrum. You heard a brother talking about the struggle and the strife. You heard another one talk about the hopes and the dreams. And you heard a a, a final tell you that regardless of what you feel about him, he's a king. So the last one I want to read actually really hit me because this is where I come from. Now he talks about being a soldier. I've never gone to the military, but I still understand what he's saying here. His name is Wyatt. Wyatt says, I knew I was a man when I left home and became a soldier, but I realized I was a black man when I had to fight, not wars, but for rights to get a job, to speak my mind, 
to speak up in my country. I want to remind everyone that I have a spirit and I have a soul and I shouldn't have to be constantly mindful that I'm black. I thought what Wyatt <laughs> said was dope. That, that, that hit home for me simply because if you think about what we talked about in the Langston Hughes poem and the fact that he talks about not being invited to eat in the kitchen, actually, I'm sorry, to not be invited to eat at the table. And he actually talks about being excused from eating at the table. It wasn't even about an invitation. It was about literally being pushed out. That makes me think about what's happening right now, right? The NFL is, is asking players. Nope, sorry. The NFL is telling players, you can't come out. Mandating. Right, to this field, to our kitchen and do your thing, to our dinner table and do your thing. You got to go back in the kitchen. You got to go in the locker room. You can kneel, shout, scream, whatever you want, because we all know that protest is most effectively done in the quiet of your home where no one can hear you can see you. Right. Exactly. That's, that's the only right. way protest works, right? Yep. That's the only way people think protest <laughs> Right, exactly. Work, right? We so, ain't built like that, though. We, not we, at we, all. We loud. We, we want to make sure that voice is heard, that fist is in the air. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And then when I think about, like, Trump, Trump, he is, he's not, he's not telling us to leave the dinner table and go to the kitchen. He would rather us eat in Africa. Like, I don't think he really even wants us in the country at all. He would prefer that, that, that no people of color was, was in, in the country. Except the ones who want to come serve for him. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know who's serving for him. <laughs> but the, the reason I, I bring he, it up. He in, is, he is definitely a threat to, uh, to the progress of African-Americans and people of color. Like, no clearly, doubt. clearly, no doubt. without a doubt. No doubt there. So the reason I bring that up when I talk about being a black man in this country is because I feel like nothing's changed. You know, Langston Hughes talk about he's eating well, he's getting stronger. And, like, I get that. Like, that's what I'm doing. Like, I'm figuratively and literally eating well and getting stronger. Physically, with my body, mentally, with my mind. Like, hopefully this podcast will help someone else to do it, too. And, yeah. and, and I'm still not accepted. I'm, I'm still I'm still looked at with fear. I'm still looked at with concern, like on a daily basis. I know I know you feel me on this. Absolutely. We, we both are, are brothers with height and stature yeah. on a daily basis. I see someone look at me and like everyone won't get this. But like sometimes you just know the look. Yeah. You know what it what it is. You feel it when someone looks at you and they like. That's a big nigga. I need I'm a, to move. I'm, a, I'm a little concerned about my right. safety. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So you, you, I got a technique. I got a coping technique that I learned when I was about 15, 16. Because right. I was always big in stature, too. So I, I, I completely feel you. One thing that diffuses that is a smile. Like, out the gate, it calms the nerves of the people who think that you may be a threat. Because you have no—in most instances, us as, as big black men— Right. I have no idea that we are looked at as a threat until we see that look and like, oh, man. And that's a defensive look that you get. It's like, OK, right. like, do I need to be on the offense because this person is scared? Just hit him with a smile. That's all you got to do. No matter if it's a fake one or a real one or a genuine. That's that's all we got to do to kind of diffuse a lot of that. No, Even I, if we I don't agree. feel like it. I agree. Yeah. But the thing that gets me like. On we shouldn't that, have to do that. Exactly. But yeah. But I look around. I'm like, I know this guy who's standing next to me, who doesn't happen to be black, but he's also six foot plus, yep. 245, 250 plus, 
He doesn't have to smile. He ain't a threat. Right? He doesn't have to smile. He don't look smile. like a threat. Yeah. Or he's perceived it, as a threat. And, and, and ladies, like, you'll get this. It also makes me think, like, I've heard the, I've heard the conversation from women come back that a line so many men, and specifically black men, use when they want to pick up a woman is, baby, how come you ain't smiling? Like, I, I, I kind of yep. got it because I'm like, I don't want to smile at you either. Right. Like, I don't right. even know you. Why, why should I have to smile at you? Just so that you don't look at me like I'm going to knock you upside your head. Right. Take your purse and run. I got more money in my wallet than you got right with you. Yeah. But anyway, so. It, 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 that's tough, though. Right. Because yeah. the perceived threat becomes a threat. And then you get into a situation where you have to back out of being a threat when your intentions were never to be a threat. Right. Right. So, so you got to so, play this game. Yeah. Just that's, to stay out of a bigger game. Right. And then they call the cops on you. And then they call the cops on you. And then you, you, that's a whole nother game. And the cops you gotta don't play. give a damn if you smile. Man, that's a whole different set of things that you need to do at that point, right? Right. Cause, woo. All right, well, look, I, I got off topic. So back to what I think it means to be a black man in this country. I agree with what all the brothers in the article said. And where I stand is I'm somewhat conflicted, man. It's like I sit back and I realize that of all the work that I've done in this country, for myself, for the organizations that I've supported, for the country in itself, the mentorship, everything that I've done, I met with love and respect from a group of people, from a segment of people. But there's still another group, whether they know me, don't know me, make assumptions about me or not, that I'm, I'm hated and tolerated maybe from. I sit back every day as a black man and I worry about the safety of my children, the future of my children, my safety. And I, and I know for any man listening, you probably feel the same way, white, black, or other. But the problem is I worry about them simply because of their color, right? My son is 12 years old, 185 pounds, and five foot 10, right? He is literally a kid. But when you see him from behind, he looks like a grown man. And because he looks like a grown man, he's dark-skinned, and I live in a relatively nice, well-to-do area and don't know the neighbors. He's walking home from the bus every day. And I'm, I make him call me when he gets in the house every day at 430 because I need to know you made it from the bus stop to the front door to the couch safely. And I'm, I'm literally worried if he calls me at 435, I've probably already called him twice every day. Like that, that is what it is to be a black man to me in this country. At the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm expectant. For my future, but worried as hell because I put in time and I put in work. But if I had to summarize it, I'd say as a black man in this country, we have to be stronger, more talented, while we are more tolerant and flexible. We've got to have more patience than our non-black brethren, if you will be more understanding, and absolutely more controlled just to occupy the same space that everyone around us occupies rent-free. Like, the rent for us to exist here is high. It's steep as fuck. It's high, yes. And, and, and we are constantly paying. And right now, it seems like they're going up on the rates. Like, for really, it's not, they're charging us life again. Like, real yeah, we, talk, we this brother's being lynched. Heavily, right? We right. get taxed heavily just to be black in America. Yeah. Like, I, I watched Rosewood the other day. They were lynching in Rosewood. I would have never thought 10 years ago 
that we'd have conversations and headlines with the word lynched in them. In 2018? Yeah. That's crazy as hell. Yeah. All right, man, I, I talked I yeah, talked a whole lot. Man. I'm sorry. No, no, no. T- you, tell you, me you, what you, it is to be a black man. Man, so. We talking way longer thoughtful. than I thought we would, That's too. thoughtful, man. I, I, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 real thoughtful. And, and it's introspective when you think about what it really means. Like, if, if I had to sum it up in two words, it's fucking hard. Amen. It's it's hard. Like 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 granite is hard. Like steel is hard. It's it's hard. And that's just living. That's just being conscious and knowing what you gotta face every day. So don't don't, you know, don't have a job where you make a decent salary to be able to support your family because that becomes even hard too, because you have to sell yourself in order to be able to make that money to take care of your family, which is is difficult too. So tolerant, right? Tolerant. You, you, you have to be able to absorb some things. You got to be able to reflect some things. You got to be able to understand when you see racism and you got to be able to select what you do when you see it. Right. You got to be political. You got to understand, okay, is this a battle I need to fight right now? Or is this something that I need to put on the back burner and then fight later at a different time in a different space? Right. Black lives matter, but black decisions matter just as even damn much. More. Black decisions matter even more because, like, you, you, no black man wants to put his family in a situation where he cannot support them. Yeah. And the decisions that you make can put you in that very situation. Yeah. And if you make the wrong decisions and you make the wrong moves as a black man, you your whole bloodline, that, that family unit that you've created that's important to you, you've put them in jeopardy. Absolutely. So as a black man, when you think about just living, I, I hit on two things, right? Family. How do you ensure that you protect the 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 family, your family structure? We got so many brothers in 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 jail and strung out on dope and and man talking about mollies and all this craziness and man that's that's absolutely is. yeah it's cra- it's crazy but I'm lying I know what a molly is you, <laughs> <laughs> I everybody never took know one no everybody know what that is right <laughs> of course man but it's 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 hard when you got so many factors that's around you that look like they're against you right you trying right. to be you trying to be a great citizen you trying to be you know a great husband a great father um with the realization that you got a lot of enemies, you got a lot of things coming at you. You got people who are completely racist. Yeah. That maybe work for you or you work for them. Right. How do you maneuver in that situation? Right. And that's work. <clears throat> Trump voters. Trump <clears throat> voters Sorry. that secret Trump voters, right? right? People who 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 you don't think voted for Trump, but then you look and say, How did he win if you didn't vote for him? I exactly. know I didn't. I, I didn't. I have no vested interest in voting. But 75% of y'all did. Absolutely. So who who is that 75%? So you know you in a situation where you at battle, right? Like that note on your car. That's a battle. That's a battle sign. Like that's yeah. that's you in a fight. I mean, that, that's somebody cocking the trigger saying, boom, I, I, I see you, nigga. And I don't even know who it was. I, right. I don't even know who my opponent is. Exactly. So he's and, everybody. And everybody is. So what I think about, man, being, being a black man in America is in order to overcome and combat like all of those very strong things that hit us every day, day in and day out, man, we got to unify. Like we got to get stronger together as black people. We got to communicate. Right. We got to talk. We got to, we got to, we got to devise new strategies to get around racism or craziness that's happening to us or to our families or to our kids. Right. With the police, with, with, with anything, with church, church is a whole nother 
control so, mechanism in my, future in my opinion, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like as a black man, there is complexities to the game that we got to figure out. And we got to talk about it. We got to figure out how we go through life and how we survive and how we become great. How we like, I like the whole movement now where people. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, most people on social media, they're saying, hey, we're kings and queens and, and, and princesses and, and princesses. You know what I'm saying? That's a great psychological component to, to empowering your kids and empowering each other. Right. Um, but we got to start acting like that. True. We got to start moving like that. We got to start making decisions like that. So, man, being black in America is hard. And, and for a black man, um, we need to be empowering each other. We need to be positive. There's There should be... With the amount of hate and the amount of things that come at us every day, there should be no hate between two brothers or three brothers. It shouldn't be. It should be all together, collective. Like, we got to figure out how to get to that point. Because, man, the, the, the challenges, like the poem, like you got this progressive thought process, right, that I'm gonna, at, at some point in time I'm going to have my own table, and right. that's going to be great. Right. But in order to get to that point, we got to do it together. Man, I completely agree. What makes me think is it sounds like it should be so easy to, to do it together, but I get so disappointed when I look at us and I see us coming together to work on these issues. And then personally, we get so caught up in the micro details as opposed to being wholly focused on the macro. Mm-hmm. Right. People get caught up in semantics. People get caught up in their feelings. And at the end of the day, the longer we stay caught up, the longer we stay in this position, we we ain't even second place anymore, right? Not, not that it's a flat-out race, but if I had to line us up on the podium, I don't know if we're even up there. We, I, I wouldn't think we even, we ain't even at the starting line. Right. Honestly, like yeah, mentally, we are not like thinking, winning. no, we, we, we making progress. Right. But we not winning yet. Yeah. We not winning yet. Not as a people, but we, we getting close. I, I'm, I'm optimistic that we getting close and i think the the harder the journey gets for us and the more we come together um the more progress we can make to get to that line that's dope i agree with that listen while we're talking about progress and and man, i can't believe we've been talking this long right <laughs> it, it's got me already thinking again about future episodes that whole right. 45 minute thing that, that might not <laughs> that might not work it might not be what's happening right Okay, so so progress, right? Working together. To talk about an amazing fucking black person right quick. I'm looking yeah. at an article about T- Tamir Rice's mother. If you remember, Tamir Rice yep. was killed 2014. And, and this, this particular event hit me hard because at the time he was murdered, he wasn't that much older than my son. But my son was already his, his height and size and bigger than him. So it kind of, this yeah. one really bothered hit me. Home. But think about this. Tamir Rice's mother, who went through the loss of her, he wasn't even a teenager at the time, her young son mm-hmm. behind some bullshit, right? The police literally took him away from her in seconds. She's got the wherewithal now, just a few years later, to create a, a center in his honor. Let me find the name. It is the Tamir Rice Afrocentric Cultural Center. It's going to teach and mentor kids how to examine and be engaged and get this, be engaged in the political system. Yeah. That's such an outage yeah. in our community. We've got 
a few people who rise up in that in that system and who do well. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of us, including myself at times, are not versed enough in what's happening in the political arena. That's dope. That's dope. And that's where we need to be the most. That's where really. we need to be. Because that's that's where the changes happen. Yeah. That's where the policy changes. Yep. Another podcast, the, should you be democratic, right? Another podcast down the road. But like in all in all reasoning, like that's where we got to be. Yeah. Not we need to be in law enforcement. We need to be in the legal system, but we absolutely have to be in, in the a political, political system. system. Man, what? that that is I was having a conversation about this today with a with a, a black brother that's on my team. Uh, cool dude. And, and man, the, the, the only way like to fight the system for real is through laws. Absolutely. And through bills and things getting passed that actually Go vote. Yes. That are important to you. But you know what? I, I, I came to the realization of this too. So it's not enough of us in politics. One for one. Right. So the things and issues that are important and impact us aren't important to people that don't look like us. Not at all. So if you're telling me to make a bill for somebody that doesn't look like me that I don't even understand or can relate to what that issue or opportunity is, then it's probably not going to happen. Yep. But when we get in there and we're we're exposed to, hey, this is how we get laws passed, and now you in the game, it becomes easier. Yeah. And on top of to that, relate. to your point earlier, we're not unified enough to show them the true power behind our vote which will then force them to pull the issues that matter to us up to the top. Right now, we're like a consumer to a brand who will buy you no matter what you say or do. Mm. And mm. We, we are not winning right now. Not winning. We are not winning right not now. Not winning. Just so our listeners kind of understand this, <clears throat> when we say we are not winning, we are progressive brothers. Right. So there may be pockets of 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 winning in, yes. in areas right where hey it looks it looks good in this one moment or for this one group of maybe a couple black people or people of color but we need to be collectively winning we need to be making more progress faster so even if even if we yes. got to the table i would guarantee you and i would have the same perspective we would say hey we still ain't winning yeah. enough we need to absolutely. be doing far more being far better and doing it faster absolutely I want everything that's supposed to be coming to me and my people. I want my 40 acres in the mule, actually. And my own kitchen and yep. dining room table. I want all that. <laughs> right. I want all that. Right. Yep. And well, that's figuratively. I, I really don't necessarily <laughs> need a mule. You know what I'm saying? Like, real talk, I wouldn't even know what to do with a mule. Right. Like, I, <laughs> I ain't never had a mule steak, a mule I, sandwich. I wouldn't know what to do I'll with a mule. I'll pass on the mule, right? Give me the <laughs> land. I'm straight. But the mule, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Oh, you keep the mule. <laughs> Cool. Well, brother, I think this was a great start. Yeah. Man, I, I've enjoyed yeah. the hell out of myself today. Yeah, me too. Me to all too. the folks listening, uh, stay tuned because we'll have much more coming your way. It'll be more than just Art and I talking to you about our opinions. Remember, we're going to bring in credible experts. We've got a lawyer coming up to talk about what are our rights, really? Really. Not just what are our rights, what are our rights, Really? How do we act and behave to increase the likelihood of survival in a police interaction? After that, we've got a psychologist coming up to talk about the impacts of social media and the overexposure we have to these incidents that are killing us and hurting us. We've got a whole lot planned. We're working on bringing some things to you that should hopefully leave you better than when you turned us on. So with that, peace. Have a great night. And we'll catch you next time. Yes, 
Yes, yes. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.